Okay, welcome back to the uh, Boardman podcast. Uh, like, subscribe, that usual jazz. We are here today with a uh, very special guest and a very good friend of mine and all of ours, I, I suppose, as well. Uh, Ricky, what's your last name? Chaplin, as in, Char- <laughs> as, 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 as in Charlie, that's all. Charlie Chaplin. Ricky Chaplin. Um, Rick, love you, man. Love you, mate. You are, you are seriously one of the nicest people I know. And yeah, I- but I can say the same for you, though. Oh. And, and you, boys, it's, you know? He looked at me when he said that. I know he did. No, I did. did. It's because your eyes, though. It's because your eyes, James. I'll just get lost in your eyes, mate. (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, like, the moment we met, you've just been so nice, like, rock through the film and everything. And, and, you know, Ricky basically is in the film. He plays Henry Pierce, the fighter at the end. When you say the film, do you want to remember? Prize Fire, which is on Amazon. (laughs) There's more than one film. There's more than one film. The the main film. Um, Prize Fire, which is on Amazon. Yeah, me and Ricky have a really great fight at the end, which is just... Amazing. I don't know where to start. I don't know where to start. Maybe we start on that. I mean, I would start with like where you grew up and like a bit about your background, yeah. Ricky, just to like yeah. to give everyone a bit of substance about you. And like we, I know you as you are now, but like what got you to be the, the man you are today? Of course, yeah. I grew up in Swanley in Kent, so it's just outside, uh, outside South London. Um, but it's, uh, it's more of a, a, a green place, you know what I mean? In terms of you're just outside the city. Um, I grew up, I've got a brother, Wes, he's a few years older than me, uh, my mum and dad. Uh, I had a really good upbringing, I was very, very lucky, you know, because not all people, especially around my way, had that, you know, so I was very lucky growing up. Um, especially in the 60s. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> been... this camera would sort it out. <laughs> <laughs> when were you born? When were you born? I was 85. Oh, shit. Uh, so what were you born? Yeah, younger than me. Oh, young. yeah, like I'm, I'm, the, I'm the oldest on this table. No, 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 no. Good. mate. Easy on. Who are you, James? <laughs> Do I have sound on camera? I'm a little bit older, yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You don't look it. Thanks, mate. You look lovely. It's uh, Barbara Strum uh, moisturiser. Oh, I thought you were going to say Barbara Streisand. You've <laughs> <laughs> got, you got lovely hair like her. <laughs> and that's where he gets the shirts from as well. Yeah, I know. It's nice, mate. <laughs> You do, you look lovely, mate. You know the way this podcast goes. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, again, very, very lucky. And then... Uh, obviously went to school. I was I was very, if I was honest with you, I was very, what's the word, academically. I was not very academic at all. So I didn't really enjoy school too much, but I wasn't a naughty boy, you know. I wasn't Dyslexic. one of these. I was, or I am. Same. I didn't find that out till later life, actually. Mm-hmm. So that put a lot of things in my way. And then off, when I actually found out when I was dyslexic and I went for a, a screening, a test, actually said you'll, you'll come up with coping mechanisms so people with dyslexia will come up with coping mechanisms so my coping mechanism at school was to be the class clown you know and to, yeah. to play up but I didn't know that at all. well time. I laugh it off kind of thing yeah because I hated the, I didn't want to ask the question again you know everyone else got it and I was thinking oh, I'm always the one who's putting my hand up saying I don't get this you know so rather than asking I'll just, just you know be a little git really <laughs> you know but hopefully not in too much of a horrible way uh, but yeah, so start, started boxing quite young. My dad took me down to a boxing gym when I was about eight years old. And I remember walking in there and uh, introducing me to Kenny Kendrick, my boxing trainer. Gorgeous, lovely man. He's passed away now. But uh, I remember walking in there and watching some sparring. And I saw a boy get popped on the nose and I cried my eyes out. <laughs> I cried my eyes out and I walked out of the gym. How old were you then? I was about eight, I think. About eight or nine. Yeah, eight or nine. And I said, that's it. I don't want to box. And my dad was like, all right. No worries, you know, because he weren't a pushy dad. He just wanted, you know, the best for me. That's exactly what, that's what happened to you. <laughs> well, it was you who popped my nose. And you cried. 
I didn't cry. No. I don't blame you, mate. It's horrible. <laughs> it's a horrible feeling. If, if you're clever enough, you stay away from boxing, you know? Yeah. But it was, and then I was, I basically, then I got back into it. I was about, it was a couple of years later, about 10 years old. And I got back into it. My brother's friend used to box for England. Then he come round, he used to bring round all his trophies and that. And I said to me, Dad, look, I want to go boxing. He went, well, last time you went, he said, you cried your eyes out. And I said, no, 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 I definitely want to try it again. And that was it. And the rest is, the rest is history, really. Um, I used to go down there. I used to get my the arse handed to me in the ring. I used to get bashed up, something rotten, because I was so, I didn't, I couldn't box because I just wanted to get in there and try and hit them. And, I, you know, all the time they were moving around and popping me. And my trainer, Kenny Kendrick, again, such a lovely man, told me in a really nice way. He said, mate, unless you learn to box, he said, you're just going to happen to you week in and week out. You're going hurt. So he said, "You're gonna if if you want to learn to box, you got to start listening." Did you hear that, Matt? You got to learn. Yeah, yeah, his footwork's <laughs> terrible. Like, Every, we, he's got, about him. We, we were in the gym yesterday, and we were just body sparring. And and the guy came over. He said, "Look, you can't you can't do this without a professional trainer here." And Matt went, "No, I'm a, a professional." And he <laughs> said, "Like, look, look and we, he's, the guy searched him on at, on the internet, found yeah. out that he, he does some boxing. It turns out this guy, his wife is like number three and no number one in England boxer, and and uh, he basically said." Right, get in the ring. So he came in with the pads. And I, we know Matt's fucking great yeah. when it comes to sparring. Yeah. On the pads, he was, <laughs> sort of like, he was sort of like saying, Matt, you know, your footwork's a bit off, mate. And like, you know. He was correcting me straight away. Which well, is good. He hated it. Yeah. He hated it. But do you know what is, the thing is people who pad, everyone pads differently. Exactly. exactly. So if you pad with a certain person, you get used to it. Mm. And then you go and pad some, like it's happened to me before, I'll go and pad with someone else and I'll look terrible. And right, I yeah. feel terrible, yeah. right. you know? Uh, so it, that's probably... Mate, this guy also was your, big. And also, your like, footwork could have been terrible, yeah. but no, I'm, I'm going to say more than likely... He was, like, he was like really flatted. And I said, and he was like, oh, who, you know, who's, tra who's training you? You're, you're, you're in the amateur, you're, in, you're, like, you're training like an, like an amateur boxer. And I said, well, I'm, you know, Tony Borg trains me, who trains world champions. Yeah, and yeah. It's great, but Tony's shorter. Yeah. And this guy had a very different approach. But do you approach. do the pads? Or you just get in the ring all the time and spar? Because I yeah, never I see you do the pads. pads. Yeah. I never see yeah. you do the pads. It's just, it's just like Ricky yeah. said, it's so different. No, I disagree. Like, no. This guy's really good. Yeah. Like, this guy held the pads good. He was a you completely different size. Yeah, but you weren't twisting. You, you were, like, your, he was right with his comments. He was really good. He, he was. He was correcting me. Yeah. So whereas like... Tony will correct me, but he'll correct me quickly and it'll be keep going, keep going, right? Three, two. Do you mean like this guy was like, no, do it. And he would take a second or two to start. So I had loads of power and energy because he was just like, well, that's it. You can give me time. The thing is, you can go forever. He's like yeah, a Jewish yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he can go forever. Yeah. And maybe Tony's style was to get you fit for the film scene. Yeah. And that's probably why it was. Yeah. You know, he wasn't so much looking at technique for you. Exactly. He just wanted to blast yeah. you so you got super fit. I and, think you're and right. So there's, there's, <clears throat> there's technical pads where you would sit down with a boxer and you'd take the time and you, and you would correct them. And then there's times when if they're, you know, they're, they're your fighter and they've got a fight coming up, you haven't really got time to be doing too much of that because you want to get them fit, yeah. you know? So that's, that's where but, the, the gentleman probably had time to, for, you know, I want to teach you properly, which is good on the man because he wants to teach you properly. Yeah. Yeah. But you saying know? that, you, you've had like short, you know, pad work training, you know, in Malta you've had, uh, what's his name? He's short, yeah. Yeah, he's short. And, the guy said, Tony's "Have you been well. have you been fighting with midgets?" He literally <laughs> said that three times. Did he really? He said, he said three times hobbits. Did he? Hobbits. Did he mean, yeah, it's a difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, say, midget or, you get trained by a midget or a hobbit. <laughs> we won't be cutting that. Um, sorry, mate. So I jumped in. So yeah. so you got hit. You saw someone get hit when you was eight or nine. You got put off a bit because you went home crying. But then you went back, sort of ten, eleven, and then got got properly into it. I got hooked. 
straight away, you know, when I went back down. Was you bullied at school? I know you were cl- a clown um, a bit. What was you bullied? Do you know what? I was I was very lucky at school because I think because I was a little bit of a cheeky chappy, I used to get away with murder, you know, and I had an older brother, so I, I was I was lucky that way. Yeah. Uh, but not to say that I've never ever been like beat up before because I have, you know, and I think uh, with that, it's, 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 if anything, it's a good life lesson. I'm glad I did, but, you know, because there's only so, so so much you can go around thinking you can say what you want and buck about. With, yeah. Do it yeah. to the wrong person one day and you're going to get popped on the nose. And yeah. that's exactly what happened, you know. <laughs> but fair play to the fella who did it because it, it taught me a lesson, right. you know. That's good. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I couldn't hide behind my brother for too long. Because once he left school, that was it. I was knackered. I was on my own then. And we've like, we've, you know, we, we have a, we've had a couple of box on already and it's been, and it's, it's, there's something weird and it's a really nice connection between boxing and helping you become the person you are and saving yourself. You know, you, as you know, with the film, boxing saved me completely. Yeah. Like, what did it, what did it do for you? I know you went into fighting and obviously acting and you're this super famous stunt, stunt guy now later on. <laughs> uh, but what did, what did the boxing do for you early on? What did it? Um, I can't tell you. I can't big, Boxing up, um, sorry, big boxing up enough. I think it's the best sport in the world. I'm, I'm going to be biased because it's my sport. But um, it's self-confidence, discipline. Like I say about the times where you think you're, you know, you're a bit, um, what's the word, um, more confident than you should be, you know, in a bad way rather than in a good way because it's good, it's good to be confident, but there's, there's other ways you'd be confident. I think sometimes... Uh, it's Fine line between confidence and arrogance. Arrogance, yeah. that's it. You P- know? Push you down a peg exactly, or two just to sort of... Exactly, exactly. And I don't, a lot, lot of things I was never like that, but obviously, but it just taught me a little lesson just mm. to put, me, put you back in your box, you know? Mm. But I can't tell you what it's done for me. The people I've met, the amount of people I've met through boxing, the opportunities I've had through boxing. I mean, look at this. I mean, this is the, the, the best thing that's ever happened to me. Uh, and this is all through boxing. And for Billy, Billy Clements, my friend Bill, we grew up together and I used to box with Bill. And he introduced me to you guys for the film. Um, but it's uh, courage, um, confidence. Discipline. Discipline. Um, strength, just strength. I mean, I was very lucky. So it's quite a daunting thing to, you know, all, of, all the way through it, I was pretty cool with the film. You know, it didn't really bother, bother me in terms of I wasn't nervous. I was just happy to be there. And then the first day of the filming we done in Stratford-upon-Avon, it was you against... Um, Andrew Gamble. Andrew Gamble, Mark Epstein. Mark Epstein. And uh, I think it suddenly, it, it dawned on me what I, was, what I was doing, you know? And I, was, and I thought, oh, I did. I went, oh, shit. You know, this is real now. But I, 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 I just thought about the times I walked into the ring and the time I was in the changing room and the thoughts that were going through my head. Because the amount of times I was in the changing room and I thought, if someone said, Ricky, your fight's off, I could have kissed them. Do you know? <laughs> and that's the honest truth because I love to fight, I love to box, but you get so nervous, yeah. you know? And you yeah. do. And if someone come into you and said, Rick, sorry, mate, your, your opponent's so pulled out. that's really interesting. So the, act, the first acting experience, you were nervous when you were there on the day, but you went back in your mindset to boxing to straight away you, to help you Sh- deal with the... Honestly, the nerves and the straight, composure and straight away, wow. man. I was on my toes. I remember we had that scene where I was running alongside Martin Coates um, on um, Kosak. Uh, Kosak, sorry, uh, on the horse. And I remember it was we had to take, do a quite a few takes. And uh, I remember the first take, it was like so. I was up on my toes, literally like I was on a ring walk. And I generally felt like I was on a ring walk. I just went back to my boxing days. I was I was doing a little bit of shadow boxing. 
up on my toes, but it helped me. Yeah. It did. It did. I just switched straight on, and I thought, you know what? I've boxed. I've boxed before. I've been in in the ring, and yeah. you know, where something's it, actually at stake. Yeah. With acting, there's. I mean, unless you take it super seriously, there's something at stake. But mainly, there's not that much at stake. Going into the ring, you know, you're putting things to stake. Yeah. Well, exactly. I'm very lucky there because obviously I wanted to do well for you guys. I didn't want to let anyone down because I actually said to Martin, I said, please, if you ever see me do something, because I said, I don't want to make you look bad, you know? So this I said, please. Yeah, I said, please, you won't offend me. Just say, Rick, come on, mate, <laughs> sort yourself out. I remember that first day we did and we had a conversation in the dialogue we, and you said to me, Matt, what? and I said, Rick, just... just and he was, so, it, yeah. he was so good. He just, again, just calmed me down because what Matt said, he said, we're doing so many shots around here. We're, we're moving round and we're taking it. We, we'll probably do this 20 times. And that just made me go, yeah. chill. Because I thought, yeah. in a, like, again, in a fight, it's one fight, it's three rounds, four rounds, or whatever, yeah. and you're out of there and it's done. Whereas this, it was like, 20, 20 times, oh, okay, yeah. I can get I can it. I mess by, up a little by, bit. By, by, by round 20, I should be able to get it right. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know? So, from, so going back, so for before the film, because that's now, so where did, you, where did it go for the, with the boxing from you from, from that young age? Right, so, um, so there was a thing called the schoolboys years ago. So, my, well, my first fight ever, I got picked to fight for Kent because I'd done a, a thing called a gym show and it's where you go to different boxing clubs if you haven't had a fight before or about. Like an interclub. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So I think at the time I wasn't old enough, maybe. I think that's why it was. And then as soon as I was old enough, there was people at the gym show who were in the Kent uh, Association, and it was Kent versus Surrey. So they I got a call up to fight for Kent. Um, so it was, you know, it was really cool. I remember I, I fought uh, um, an Irish traveller from St Pancras Boxing Club, and I remember all his family being there, so it was quite daunting, you know what I mean? And uh, it was in Margate, and we walked down. It was a beautiful, like an old ballroom, and it was the times where you could smoke. Uh, inside then and you walk down and it was just all misty and steamy they called it a, like it was a dinner show so you had all the posh uh, gentlemen there eating their three course meals while they watched your, your box you know and I remember going to the weigh-in and I remember seeing some massive kid he was like he was like Tyson he was built like Tyson and I just remember thinking please 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 don't let me be boxing him <laughs> and luckily it wasn't him you know it wasn't him it, so uh, that's mad I, as well the smoke because now you just yeah. think oh imagine going in somewhere that's like that, that must have affected the fighters so much well the thing is you didn't think nothing of, no, nothing of it but when you was in the ring it was smoky it was so misty yeah. and smoky yeah. but again looking back it was I suppose it all give a bit of uh, ambience yeah. to it you know? <laughs> uh, but yeah I was lucky so I, I had that first fight I won um, I remember talking to his family after, you know, and they're really, really nice. And, you know, I remember speaking to, because I was on the phone, because it was a pay phone, and I didn't have a mobile, so I had to ring my mum up. Just say, Mum, I won. And, you know, they were really made up. And I was on the phone next door to the, the kid's uh, brother, and he was talking to his mum. And I remember them going, can you talk to my mum? I was like, yeah, of course I can. And I remember- So you spoke to his mum? I was talking to his mum. She's going, I heard you done well there, boy, you know? <laughs> so it was really lovely. It was really nice. And again, it was, that's what I mean about the boxing community. I've just beat uh, this, you know, this lad in a boxing fight and I'm getting congratulated by his mum on the phone. You know, it was beautiful. I think it's- It's, it's, it's know, a beautiful experience with, and you know, going back to people that we've met, I'm, I'm sitting here now, like some of the nicest people I've met are boxers or, or being involved in some boxing, you know, including yourself, Billy, even Mark, you know, all these people that we've met along the way. And a lot of people say that, obviously I wasn't, you know, I wasn't lucky enough to see your, meet your dad, but that was a lot of things people used to say about your dad. Right. About how, because I know uh, Rob Warren, so Frank Warren's brother, I'm very good friends with Rob, 
lovely gentleman. He's again people I've met through boxing, and he invites me to shows. So I go to all boxing shows and and weigh-ins. And uh, we should get Frank Warren. Well, yeah, I can talk to Rob. Yeah, yeah no problem. Yeah. yeah, no problem. But he, I remember when I talked to Rob about your dad, and he was so complimentary about your right. dad. So yeah, because Frank yeah. used to promote him. He right? used to promote him right. years ago. Yeah, and he was such a good fight, your dad. And I watched a documentary about your dad years ago, and that's what's mad about how life works out. You know, you're sitting there watching a, f- a film or a documentary, and you don't realise you could be with these people or, you know, with their family years to come, and how, yeah. how, how the way life pans out. Yeah. And I love these documentaries, because he used to talk about, he, he was so nice on camera, and he was all his family and his brothers. I mean, how many brothers did your uh, dad have? Six, seven, I think. Six, yeah, seven. Six seven, yeah. yeah. They're so all boxers. All well. boxers, very and good boxers. Didn't they call him like the most, the most well-known, famous, the most unfamous, famous boxer? He, I don't know. he was, he was in the Rings magazine top ten uh, boxers who should have been a world champion, yeah, yeah. but but wasn't yeah. because he got he got stitched up. Um, he, he should, I think he should have fought Buster Douglas, who who, who beat Mark Tyson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but with the British Border Control. Then they cancel like he was in yeah, America. Yeah, he was there. He was there. Yeah, but you know it's crazy when you watch the interviews with his dad when he's talking to his opponent. They're just sort of standing next to each other. How we are now, we're having it, a laugh. Exactly. You know, now it's you like sent they, me that video. It, yeah, yeah, because he was a gentleman. Yeah, proper he gentleman. A, he was a gentleman. Yeah. And I don't yeah. even think if he if he was alive and boxing today, and and I think boxers feel like they've got to be like that at the yeah, moment to sell tickets. tickets. Not all boxers, but I think a lot of them maybe. Uh, and it does sell because people. It does, but but not for me. Yeah, not for me. Yeah. I'd rather two gentlemen like your dad and they're sitting there having a Definitely. shake hands and go, look, let's have a good fight. And that's how you would be, and that's how Matt would be. And you know, it's like watching politicians. You know, like I was listening to a recording the other day of um, I can't remember which politician. Who was the one who was a famous actor? And then uh, and then it, and then he became president of the uh, American. Oh, American. Oh, Arnie. Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, no, they, no, no, that was California Robert, Governor Robert, uh, Reagan. Reagan. Yeah. Oh, it was a sound recording yeah. of Reagan, right? And obviously his wages was paid by US taxpayers. And the sound recording was something like, no, give it back, give it back. And they were like, why? They'd spent a little bit too much money on a sofa. I think it was like 300 bucks. And he said, give it back. I don't want to use taxpayers' money on my sofa. Yeah, and he would talk to his opponents. And there's a really good recording of him talking to another, you know, presidential candidate. And he said to him, "Um," the other guy said, look, don't you think you're a bit too old, Ronald Reagan? And he went, no, 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 no. He said, um, I'm not going to hold it against my opponent. Um, his youth and his inexperience. You know, <laughs> he, just, he was so eloquent and yeah. classy. Yeah, I like that. And now they're just horrible to each other. Mm-hmm. Fighters, they're all like saying, oh, you know, all right, Tyson, I love him. I'll sort of resort to forgive him. But a lot of them, you know, they'd say, I'm going to eat your kids. Or yeah. they'll be uh, say stuff about their religion, like Conor McGregor was saying, so, you know, about Khabib. And, you know, they, they get really, but in today's world of, um, you know, fast-paced internet, that does sell better because negative negativity, I actually tweeted this yesterday. I was just thinking negativity gets way more likes than, than anything that's positive. positive uh, that's the truth, you know? And I think um, a lot of that is where is in, in back in the day, I'm not saying it never happened because you didn't have social media and people with their phones out all day long, they weren't capturing all these things. Mm. So, you know, it wasn't, it's not to say that it didn't happen, but I'll just think to myself, uh, Personally, I just don't like it. Yeah. You know, I don't like... It's all right to, to dislike someone, mm. but to start going after their religion or their kids or their yeah. family, I mean, yeah, I think that's a, you know, yeah. a very classy and, and your dad was a good example. So it's crazy that he knew, you know... Uh, so you've seen all this about his dad. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, yeah. I watched it years ago and then I watched it again. When I knew I was in the film and I knew about your dad and we talked, yeah. that I went back on YouTube and watched it again. That's how much I liked it. I watched it twice. Oh, mate. And you do look like him, mate. I do, yeah. Spitting like image. Spitting image. Yeah, yeah. Who, who did you idolise at the time? When I was growing up? Yeah. Good, do you know what? When I was every... So Tuesday, I used to train uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays and Saturdays and then I'd go for run Sunday. I had a VHS TV in my bedroom. I always used to put on, without doubt, I used to watch Rocky. Rocky, yeah, I knew you right. say Rocky. Yeah. Up the stairs. Honestly, yeah. Rocky, or I used to have a video about uh, the Fabulous Four. So it was Ken Norton, Joe Frazier, Muhammad Ali and George Foreman. Oh yeah, that's great. And I used to watch them, the same films over and over again. And I used to I used to nick little bits, you know, and yeah. I did. I did. I remember the, um, the Rope of Dope when... Um, uh, Ali was on the ropes and I used that in sparring it's amazing the amount of times you watch something yeah. you know I was obviously nowhere near as good as him but but yeah they were, they were the kind of people and then uh, Antonio Barrera I used to love people oh, yeah. like um, George Foreman um, Vander Olefield people like so that. a lot of the uh, cruiserweight and heavyweight yeah I did like the bigger I did like the bigger fighters you're a brilliant example of like what we've been talking about right you don't have to be an arsehole to be a strong guy, do you know what I mean? Or like person, you know, you can, like, as we just saw earlier on with like, you know, Rebecca, strongest woman in the world, yeah. she's lovely. And now you are, like, it just, as Matt says, you know, I don't know if it comes, it does come across on camera, but now when it, everyone meets you, like you were telling me, because I said, oh, he's so nice, Ricky, he's so nice. <laughs> and then you said, yeah, anyone that meets him, any girls that meet him, any guys, they're all like, he's, and you, you know, you're, you're as tough as nails, but you're as nice, you're nice as anything as well. So you don't have to be this kind of arrogant arsehole that a lot of people seem think you have to be. Mate, yeah. every, everyone, thank you, James. Cheers, every, mate. Everyone loves you. It's crazy. I honestly, if you're single, I you'd have know. men, women, dogs, anything else. <laughs> I'll say, I honestly. don't know. You, ask, ask my missus if I'm lovely all the time. She might tell you something different. She does. You no, know? She does. Yeah. I, just, I remember being like on set with filming and someone, someone, I remember one of the makeup girls come in and I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm nice, trying to be nice. And, I, and then this, this, one, yeah. this, one, this one girl comes in and she's just like, she did, she did a face like this. She went. <sighs> <laughs> and I was like, you okay, what's wrong? I've just met Ricky. It's like, oh yeah, he's nice, isn't he? Oh my God. <laughs> I love him. I'd marry him and straight away. He's amazing. All right, yeah, come on then. <laughs> Back to me. Oh, that's no, it. but it's just, it, it's such a, you know, and we're, we're trying to, this is what, you know, reason why we're doing this. We're trying to breed a bit of positivity and like, you know, bring out likeable men and you are like, you can just be around you and even just seeing you today. You make like, me- Just smile. Well, that's it. I like, to, I like to surround myself as you get older as well. So I was always quite tolerant of everyone growing up because a lot of my friends used to say, you're too nice and you're too nice to everyone and you, and you give too many people a chance. And I said, well, I'd rather be like that than maybe how you are sometimes because they'd rather, you know, Take have a fight or yeah. whatever. I don't like that. I don't, I used to get bashed up in the ring. So I know what it was like to get beaten up. And yeah. So I didn't want to fight outside the ring. I'd do anything I could to get out of a fight. And everyone did want to fight me around my area when I was growing up because they knew I was a boxer. Yeah. And I was lucky to have friends around me who were quite, you know, I'll say tough and streetwise that they'd, they'd get me out of it because, you know, um, one, one, actually one time I was offered out a few times by the same kid mm. and um, I had enough and my mate said, what are you going to do? And I said, and my excuse was, I got a boxing license. That's what my trainer said. You got a boxing license. If you have a fight in the street, they'll take your boxing license away. So he said, tell him to come down the gym for a spa. So I said, all right, lovely. So he's done it to me this one day, come up. And, I've, and I said, look, I can't fight you here. But I said, if you come down to my boxing gym, I can spar you. And he said, all right. So he went away with his mates. And I didn't think they'd ever do it, but he did. 
on the Thursday. I think this was like the Wednesday. He cut down on the next day, the Thursday. I was like, oh no. I <laughs> oh, like, do you know what I mean? Because he was bigger than me. He had a moustache and everything. Do you know what I mean? He was like, yeah. I bet you battered him though. Well, do you know what happened? So I've gone into the, and sparring, sparring in my gym. So you, you take it easy and you got, you know, it's just yeah. going through the motions, you know? Yeah. And, uh, my, and, my, and my trainer used to turn me off or anyone off if they went too hard. They'd, they'd turn you off. And uh, anyway, so my trainer said, he's clocked what's gone on. So they've come in and they said, you know, we're at the spa, Ricky, this, that and the other. And he's got, anyway, we're both in the ring and he's, he's come over to me. He's gone over to the lad, make sure he's had his gum shield in, all that. Done it. Come over to me, make sure I had a gum shield, wipe my gloves and he just whispered in my ear and he just went, let him have it. And, uh, I, went, and I looked at him and I was like, yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> and I did. And I went in and the first, I thought, body shot, you know, because not, yeah. not, so straight away, bosh, body shot, right up a cut, right into here. Drop like a sack. No way. Honestly, mate. Honestly, down, it was away. brilliant. It That's was brilliant. Weird. I remember he had like this moustache. He had all this snot and all that. And he, uh. he was wincing. And all, we had a viewing gallery. And his mates come. And they were laughing. <laughs> they were laughing at him. And I was just like, in there. But what's so yeah. great about that? Well, it's, like, it's like what James said. Like, you you know, you're tough and you're going to handle yourself. You're not a small boy. And I've, you know, been in the ring with you. I know you can handle yourself. And then you just got this like, unbelievably nice side as well, you know, and it, it's, I think, I think more of that is needed, you know? Like there is, right, but while we're saying this, like, yeah, definitely, but you also need to caveat that, right? Because if someone, as, as I've got, I don't know if you're going to say this, but as I've got a bit older, you do find people can take the piss yeah. or, my mum would say, mistake your kindness for niceness. Or weakness or, yeah, or whatever, yeah, kindness weakness, for yeah, weakness. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that happened a lot and I was, I was younger and I, you know, and then, but as I've got older, um, I, if someone takes it too far, I will be like, I don't want you in my life or, you know, you're taking the piss or whatever. Do you know what I mean? But if I, but so I think you've got to caveat the niceness and the loveliest with like, you know, there's also, there is a point. Yeah. Do you know what 100%, I mean? 100% mate. But, I'll, I'll agree with you. Yeah. But in, in general, it's that we're generally trying to be nice and positive. It's, how easy is it to be nice? Yeah. How easy, for me, it's, it's, it's so much easier to be nice and horrible. I'd yeah. rather give, you know, a, you know, a poor homeless person or saying, I'll buy him a sandwich or something like that. You know, if they ask you, if you ain't got the money, because that's a lot of the time now, because you haven't got cash on you, have you? So they ask for money, I ain't got cash, mate. Want a sandwich? Yeah. Right, you know, have a sandwich. Yeah. And, you know, or, or or someone being horrible to you, if you're nice back to them, Kill them with kindness. It's, it's quite nice sometimes to see their reaction. Because nine yeah. times out of ten, a lot of time, they actually yeah. go, you can see their face drop a little bit and yeah. sort of go, actually, I probably am being a bit of a dickhead. Yeah, do you know yeah. what? If you, you get know? someone being horrible online or anywhere where you can't see them, it's very easy for a keyboard warrior to say something horrible, right? And most people would not read comments or whatever. There's been a few occasions where it's got someone's got really personal with something, and I've actually gone back and I've said, "Look, what's what's the issue? Yeah. Let's just discuss it." And I'll go in and I'll be really nice. And like you say, nine times out of ten, you can resolve that. And what it is is because they're being a bit aggressive. Normally, you want to meet them with aggression, and yes. then it's going to go wrong. Exactly. But you can. You're right. You can fix nearly every. And resolution. where do you think that came from, Rick? If, if being honest, like where's that? Where's that um, instilled in you? Is that is that childhood? Is that having a good family? Is that like yeah. like where where have you got that from? Family, mate. Family, my mum, my dad. Uh, my dad was uh, my dad was in the army. Um, he was in the army for quite a few years. Served in Northern Ireland. I think he was in Burma, Singapore. You know, he, he went here, there, and everywhere to come out, uh, become a labourer and a and a roofer. But my dad was just very. Um, he just loved us. He didn't have a lot of mates. My dad. He didn't go to the pub. He wasn't like. But he just was a family man. And as long as we was all right and we we could eat and we had clothes on our back. He was happy. My mum, bless her, exactly the same. She, you know, she went out and grafted where she could to get a bit of money for us. Um, but they, I was always told, treat people the way you wanted to be treated. And they used to say that to me, politeness, be polite. 
never be rude, you know, and that's and it's, it, honestly simple as that, mm. I think. And it doesn't get, and that's where boxing comes in as well. The amount of boxers, uh, our trained boxers now, young kids, and when they come in, I go to them, how you doing, all right? And they go, yeah. And I go, oh, was that it then? And they go, what? And they go, well, what about me? And they go, what do you mean, what about me? I go, well, you haven't asked how I am. I've yeah. asked how you are. Like and it. they go, oh, sorry, hey, how are you? I go, I'm all right, mate, thanks. I said, just always do that because you're setting them up for the, yeah, like it. the world later on, yeah. outside yeah. boxing. Because that's what boxing done for me as well. I was lucky to have a good mum and dad, but I was lucky to have good boxing trainers to teach me little lessons here and there. And when you meet people outside, it's so important. Um, and I just like to say, and what you're doing here, it's nice talking about it with you, you guys and, and like-minded people. Because I know you, and that's quite nice about this. I know a lot of podcasts, you don't really know the people you're talking to, but I know you boys, I'd like to think quite well now. And I, again, I love you, and that you're the kind of people I want around me. What was it like boxing, uh, boxing for the fire brigade? Because I bet it's a right because you're with these people all day, every day. Oh. So it must be a really, it must be really pushing you to want to go. Oh, it was fantastic. So I was very lucky because uh, I was at Woolwich Fire Station at the time, and uh, they had the Woolwich Barracks there. So all the soldiers were up there, and we was doing a little visit one day, and I saw all their boxing stuff up there. So I was had a little chat with one of the gentlemen. I said, yeah, I said, oh, so do you do a lot of boxing up here? He said, yeah. He said, here you go, bring this bloke. Because I told him about a fight I'd coming up, he said, "Bring this, bring this, you know, bring this bloke." And he said, "He might, you might be able to come and train up here." So I rang this fellow up. His name's Tony Richardson. He was a sergeant. Again, another good friend of mine to this day. And uh, he was like, "Who's this?" And I was like, "Oh, hello there. My name's Ricky Chaplin." He was like, "Didn't have time." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, whatever, mate." And I thought I put the phone down. I thought, oh, "I don't know if I like him." Do you know what I mean? I thought, but I thought I'd go see him. Well, again, he's again one of the most nicest blokes I've ever met. You know the way time turns out, and he used to let me training their gym whenever I wanted. He used to open the gym up, get one of the sergeants to open the keys up. I used to spar with all their army fighters. I got introduced, uh, I got invited to all their mess dues. Like we did, uh, we got, we went to the boxing night uh, yeah, the other the night. Army. Yeah, the army. The army. And that's, yeah. again, through boxing. I mean, where would I have got that sort of opportunity through boxing to be in an officer's mess, to be front row? And That experience was unreal. Like going into the officer's mess, we were the only people there who were in normal clothes, yeah. civilian yeah. clothing. Yeah. And like to see the energy that they put into it, like two sides were in like their normal army outfit, all screaming. Then you got the other two sides in all their rain proper, coats, yeah. Yeah, raincoats. And they're, you know, to feel that energy in that. And well, I don't know how we're, how we're lucky enough to even get access to And that. for everyone watching, basically we got invited to a big, what how do you call it, like an army boxing Yeah, event. it was an intercompany boxing tournament. Yeah. So for it's the British the, Army. It's to, to decide who's going to be in, in their boxing team to go and fight other regiments, so yeah. the parachute regiment. So they've got to fight for their place to be on this on this squad. Yeah, that's so that's that's yeah. It was such a great experience, wasn't it? It was, it was an amazing experience. Yeah. So everyone laughing and dancing and jumping around and like it was just all these yeah. and army seeing cadets. where they've been, all the medals of yeah. all the all countries the that they've served in. Very brave men, you know. Very, very brave and, men. and very good men, you yeah. know. And so and they were yeah. lovely. They were so happy to see you guys because they don't really have people like you guys turning up, you know, celebrities yeah. really. <laughs> yeah, it, is, it is, because normally... He's halfway there. Yeah, yeah. So, they were, they were, so it, was both, it was nice both ways. So yeah. you guys were obviously happy to be... I was happy you come with me. Yeah. You know, yeah. I really it was really was, great. We had a good night, didn't we? Really good night. They were yeah. really nice guys, smart and, uh, you know, just... Very polite and looked after us. Yeah. yeah. To think they're killing machines, you know, yeah. real life yeah. killing machines. They've, yeah. you know, they've yeah. killed people. Well, same with the boxing, like people, people that you meet, yeah. you know, some of the nicest people in the world. It's controlling that yeah. aggression, I think, isn't it? This episode of the Boardman Podcast is sponsored by moviecoin.com, the place to go to get your movie funded by crypto and NFTs. 
Or if you'd like to actually invest in a film or a movie using crypto or fiat currency, please go to www.moviecoin.com and you'll receive profit shares of the movies you invest in. So Bill Clements is a friend of mine. He's a stunt, very good stuntman, very successful stuntman. And when uh, he thanks very much, mate. And when he found out about the uh, when he found out about the boxing film with Matt Prize Fighter, he rang me up and he said, "Rick, could you just come up and give us a hand, um, and just uh, have a look and see if there's anything you'd do differently?" And it all started from there, really, didn't it, mate? You know, I went up there. Uh, we done. Um, I think we started to put a f- choreograph a few of the fights together through your script, and then I finally met you. It was sort of quite a while before I met you, actually. I yeah. Think. I think there was a lot of talk about Matt, and I never think I've never met him. But, you know, I'm looking forward to, Terrible to, to meeting him. You know, he's, he's quirky, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I would say quirky. He's quirky. Quirky. He's, quirky. He's, quirky. He's, he's a trendsetter. He's a trendsetter, <laughs> isn't you, mate? You are. I do, I do try to be. You I are a trendsetter. But, yeah, the rest is history, and I'm so lucky. I feel so lucky, you know, to have got the opportunity to have done what I've done. Well, there's a bit of backstory there. So like, you know, Ricky was helping construct the fights. And as you know, in the stunt world, you construct and, and, and rehearse and choreograph fight scene or action scene way before, some, sometimes months and months before. So, um, you know, Billy came through Steve Dent. Billy's a lovely, you know, such a great person as well. Again, He's the man, so, yeah. So big, but He's soft, the man. such He's, a nice guy. He is. And... Um, you know, really impressed with the fight sequences and then came up, met Ricky, you know, and they, Ricky was, I think you were kind of playing me in a way but with the fight sequences or you were playing each other. I think they wanted, viewer. they had it in a way where I was uh, like, not your double, but that sort of thing in terms of, so you, we, we made sure you could learn the fights well and if you were unsure, size and that kind I, of could, stuff, I yeah. could step in and go, do you know, so yeah. I, I had to learn them parrot fashion and it was it was quite daunting at one point because I thought to myself Christ I, you know, I just don't want to muck it up for these guys because it gave me this opportunity Yeah. so yeah that and again, at the end was like the best scene like, yeah. apart Thank from you. the cockfighting scene that was the best scene <laughs> <laughs> no, it really was the best scene it was unbelievable Thank and you know scene. from there I don't know if Ricky I don't know if everyone even knows this but basically we had a we had a we had another actor that was playing the um, the one of the other fighters and you know, it didn't work out schedule-wise. You know, I think um, we had a we had a bit of a sparring session just to warm up beforehand. You didn't like it. Yeah, I, 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 it just didn't work. And you know, when well, I know what you mean when you say it didn't work, he didn't come back, did he? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Um, <laughs> and we just wanted to make it real, right? We're making a film yeah. with the birth of boxing. Yeah. We wanted to make it real. And I remember, I remember, I was so worried that night because I thought, right, actors pulled out. You know. It's the biggest fight in the film. We've got to do all these rehearsals. Who can we find? The guy that we had was was quite famous as well. Um, and I don't know if it was Steve or someone, or it was between me and Steve or me and Billy. So we just we just said, you know, what about Ricky? And it was just like it went from being like such a worried, anxious, negative state. Like, what, what are we going to do? Who are we going to find? Biggest fight in the f- biggest fight in the film. Lots of choreography. Months of work yeah. gone into this. And just, you know, gone, got to start over. And we're starting filming in a couple of weeks or whatever. And, you know, I can't go and rehearse with someone else. So just like, as soon, soon as Ricky was mentioned, it just went completely from like anxiety to worry to like, oh my God, yes, the perfect, perfect fit, perfect option. And we just, you know, we got on so well. Like, it was just so nice. Like, even just the acting side, the working together, you know, he... It was so funny. I remember him coming in one day and he'll tell this story better than me, but 
he came in one day and because he's so nice, everyone's like, do you want anything? He's like, no, 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 I don't want anything. Do you want anything? I'll, I'll do something for you. And helping everyone lifting like, you know, lifting the mats, lifting this. And I was like, Rick, mate, you're, you're an actor. Man. You've got a trailer, although it was little, but he loved it. I was like, you know. Oh, I was well happy in that, mate. T- tell him, t- let you tell it. Could you tell the story? He knows what story I'm thinking about. And, and this happened and he basically turned it and was like, I'm an actor. Oh, right. I'm an actor. William Walter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was exactly that because I thought to myself, like, you know, you see these stories about actors asking for, you know, re- only red Skittles and in, yeah. a, in a bowl. So uh, they said, is there anything you want? And I said, uh, yeah, there is actually. And they said, what can I get you? And I said, um, can you get me a pom- pomegranate? And they went, pomegranate? <laughs> and they went, why do you want a pomegranate for? I went, well, they're hard to get hold of, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> just testing Yeah, so I just see their faces, but I said, no, you're all right, mate. I don't need nothing. <laughs> it's hard to get hold of, that's hilarious. Yeah, but the amount of times, like I say, the, girl, the young girl would come round and sort of say, do you want a coffee and all like that? Yeah. I go, no, I don't want to, I'll get, I'll get a coffee if I want a coffee. And in the end, I was like, listen, how about you chill out? You can come, come sit in the trailer. I'll go get my own coffee. I'll come get you a coffee if you want. And you, can, you, you can go that's hide. Lovely. You can hide for five minutes, you know? And you know, are you, that's so nice. I, I'm inclined to be that way because you could imagine how they're normally treated on a film set. Like I remember when we did uh, The Duke, you know, and there was like, all these people out in the, in the, and there was like, you know, there were four makeup ladies and they're all on you doing all this stuff. And, you can see how it could go to somebody's head really easily. Cool, yeah. And they're all so like apologetic and this and that. And you're like, no, no, no. Like we're all on an even kill here. Exactly. I'm normal, yeah. Just exactly. Normal. Yeah, just, yeah. or not even that, but obviously we're, but imagine if I can see it going to people's heads if they're doing that yeah. all day, every day. Unless um, you're working with someone like Ricky. Yeah, you know, exactly. I was, I was the nice guy before Ricky turned out. <laughs> he was like, the new well, nice guy in town. <laughs> well, the nicest thing about it, Jay, was that um, everyone on that film was lovely. And I mean it. I mean, you had... Marton, Ray, yourself. I didn't hear one bad thing. Or, or uh, I didn't know. I, I was meant to have meet him one day, but I think I had to. I had a food shop on that day, so I had to. Uh, I had to do that instead. Uh, <laughs> so, too busy. Yeah, I was too busy, mate. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I'd, yeah, but everyone, everyone. It's weird as well because there's so many problems in the background. But you know, every, well, filming yeah, is a great experience. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's so blessed to get. It's so lucky and blessed to be getting into a film. You know, you get. I say you get 30 days of filming every couple of years. It's crazy to think that's, that's it. I don't, you'd be lucky to do 10, 20 days. I though. don't know how you did it, mate. Honestly, I, I don't know about you boys, because obviously you know a lot more than me what went on behind the scenes and everything else. But to write, write the film, be the main actor in the film, produce the film, do all the logistics, everything, I honestly, honestly, and... Um, and on top of all the other problems, I don't know how you did it, mate. Yeah, and I used to say that to everybody else. Honestly, I said, I don't know how he does it. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? He's, like, got, he's yeah. got a drive that I've never seen anyone. Yeah, because you can say, like, if someone's not heard before, right, oh, it's hard to make a film. If I heard that before I'd known how films are made, I'd sort of say, oh, no, how can it be that hard? They're all that money, all those people, you know, just edit it, yeah. you know, get the actors to read off the script. Yeah. But seeing what you went through, even seeing actually what you went through with the Duke, like it is actually, it was horrible, actually, some of the yeah. stuff you went through, like yeah. proper, pure stress, Honestly. you know, pure, yeah. and some of the way the people, and that's what puts me off of wanting to do it because of a lot of the people that you're working with are, are not the type of people that we've been discussing. Yes. But with this one, you just brought really good, everyone gravitated towards you, like good people, like you say, everybody was lovely, all the trainers, everyone. 
but yeah, to, to put that together, it, no, no one will know how much hard work it was. And the great thing about him, I, I, you know, you made me like emotional and cry so many times because he would be messaging me during the film, before a little bit and, and very often after where I'd be like in a really shit place and I'd get a message and it'd be, hey mate, how are you? I'm thinking about you. Sometimes he'd say I'm in the bath. <laughs> oh Lord, I haven't even got a bath. Uh, I, was uh, I called him once. He was in the, I said, you in the bath, Rick? He went, yeah, yeah. I got a little duck here as well. A little duck. Um, but he would, he would just do this weird thing where he'd message me and it wouldn't be like every day. It'd be once a week or once a month or whatever, or, or a couple of times, whatever. He messaged me at the point yeah. that I, I was down and I needed to be picked up. Yeah. And it was just, how, how are you? Tell me if you need anything. Hope you're all good, blah, blah, blah. And it was, it was, I can't thank you enough because it, it really, those little things are what set you aside from you know, being a really nice person to an amazing person. And you lifted me up so much. I remember we haven't spoken about this since the, um, there's two things I want to speak about. We haven't spoken about this since, since it actually happened. But, and no one knows this story really. Remember the, remember the day that we went to, for food with everyone in the, in yeah, the restaurant? Yeah. So yeah, we, we went for yeah. food in Lithuania. And it was a little bit boozy yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. Well, Not I, massively. Well, I've got to be honest, I wasn't drinking because I was quite right. worried okay. about of making sure I looked, obviously, of training all right for the fight and yeah. stuff like that. So I was but trying to be- a Was good, it an Indian that we went for? It was. Yeah, we went for an Indian yeah, Lithuania. Yeah. It was really nice. And then all of a sudden, all, everyone was men. We had Lucy there and, and yeah. Habda there, but I think they left. Um, so it was just all men. And it was us, like, it was Ray, Ray Winston, Steve Dent. Um, every, every, everyone was there. Martin, yeah. everyone was there. And it just turned into this, like, I don't know why, but people started doing speeches. And these are men that didn't really know each other that well, no. but they'd all come together and they'd all done these little speeches. Even Steve Dent, who's like, you know, doesn't stand up and, and do speeches at all. <laughs> and he stood up and said, you know, I, we're all here. We're all here for a really important reason. And, you know, thanks to Matt and blah, blah, blah. And like, everyone just got so connected and it went really emotional didn't it yeah and this yeah. guy i got i got silly upset he stood up and he was uh, i don't even you have to say what you said but he just he just said like i'm so happy to be here and he started crying in front of uh, everyone. yeah it was the nicest thing in the world and i was like i was like it, and he was just so open with it oh i was turning away like this like you know <laughs> <laughs> see me and well, he was just there going i don't know what to say i'm just so happy yeah. to be here well i was all right because i was sitting there i was thinking well, i'm not going to do a speech all these you know these these Boys are going to do a speech. They ain't going to ask me to do one. So I was quite happy and just listen to everyone else. And then obviously I had to do one. And it was just, it got me because I've, I've, obviously I started talking about my, my dad because my dad, my dad's passed away. My dad passed away uh, 2016. And he was my, he was my best mate, me and my brother's best mate. Right. And I never really talked to, I don't really talk before that. I never really talked to people about my dad in terms of, um, because I just because it, it just used to make me upset every time he used to talk to my dad I'd end up crying so I thought just don't don't talk about him or don't you know so unfortunately because I I done a speech I obviously wanted to thank people so thank everybody at the table especially like Steve then who, who got me into it and Billy and if it weren't for them I wouldn't be doing this and then Matt gave me the opportunity to then play the, the, the one of the, in the you know the main role in the fight. And I just couldn't believe it. And I was so thankful. And I did. I felt truly, truly just... Because I'm quite religious. Not a lot of people know that. But I'm not I'm, yeah. I'm not a God botherer. There's a thing called a God, you know, God brother, you know, you know I'm, I'm not on the street handing out leaflets and, you know, saying <laughs> go to yeah. church every Sunday. But I am religious and I do believe in God. And and and, and also I've got, I think I got a bit emotional. I thought, you know, I've, I've been given this opportunity for a reason. And then... Um, and then my dad come up and I thought about my dad. And I thought if my dad was here and how proud he'd be. Do you know what I mean? because he, he just would be because he just wanted the best for me and my brother mm. and he and he and the reason 
that I am the way I am and my brother is is because my mum and dad. Yeah. And it just felt, and I was just, I think I was a little bit gutted because I think my dad's not, you know, I think he's looking down on me. But I thought to myself, he's not here to see it. You know what I mean? I just felt, you know, all these good things. Mm. But, you know, I know he is. I know he is. Yeah. But it was just nice because I felt lucky. And I thought all the people around there, and honestly, and I just felt so lucky yeah. to be there with you all. And I thought, who would have thought this last year? Because it was the pandemic. I think it was yeah. probably the last year. You were stuck in your bloody place. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and I was I was sort of going... At that time, I was going round with um, a, a squad. We was basically... I don't know if I've ever told you this, but we was... Uh, when the pandemic first hit and they didn't know how bad it was going to be, they were worried about how many people were going to get uh, basically died at, died at home and get left at home. So they'd done a, a thing in the fire brigade to volunteer. You could either drive an ambulance or go round with the police. It was called P-Mart. So you'd go round and basically go and wrap sort of dead bodies up and uh, ready for the undertaker. So I applied for both of them. And unfortunately, I got picked for the P-Mart thing. I was like, fucking how's your luck? So I was, I was going round and doing that. A year before, right. you know, to think that or a year before we was were going, there a lot of. Were you picking up a lot of dead bodies? If I'm honest with you, we was really lucky. I think they were talking about we was going to. They said we we're going to be picking up as a team because there was three teams per shift. There was three shifts per day, and I think they said we we're going to pick up between six, six and nine people up a day. I think oh, rapidly. Yeah. We was really. I think when they just got, died from COVID. Well, so Sh- they shouldn't so, say that. Blank so, that out. Just no, died no, from. No, no, no. Yeah, but so that so they say, you know. But basically, if they couldn't rule. Covid out, they had to be um, basically uh, contained in a certain way. Right. Mm. The police, we had to do it. The police because they had to make sure it wasn't a crime scene, so they had to make sure there was no foul play. So we we had to turn up. We we, we worked out of a um, a police station in Catford. And we'd stay there. And we'd get a phone call to say, right, you got a call. A bit like a shout from the fire brigade. Yeah. So we'd drive to the address. You had all your kit on the back, so you'd dress up in sort of like all your white, That's get me. up and hazmat suits walk into that property uh, the police would do their bit to make sure there was no foul play take videos and, and how many how many people were you uh, I think in total I was there for about I think I was about there for either six weeks or two months I don't think it was it was that long in the end because obviously the way it went on and they obviously fingers crossed it didn't get that bad but I think we was going to say two a day when can I ask you a question well, yeah this is unrelated were they really really old or really really obese yeah, yeah. well the first lad we had, bless him, poor sod, he was only, I think he was only in his late 20s. But because I don't, you know, I'm not a doctor, but I think they'd done a post-mortem on, a post-mortem on him. And I think they actually found out he actually had a heart attack, not COVID. Yeah, I'm, I find it, I don't know, say it's online, but I, I no. find it very hard to believe young, healthy people. I know. Have died. Like, I've had it, we've all had it, yeah. we've all thought it before, yeah. it's all been an overreaction, like... With the lockdowns, like I, I didn't stay locked down. I was just traveling the whole time to yeah, get away mate. from a yeah, lockdown. Yeah, yeah, good. But good. I, but it's interesting to hear. That's a real insight. What you yeah. did there and someone I love and trust. It's good to hear a real insight of someone who had their feet on the ground. Yeah, and we 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 like I say, it wasn't nowhere as near as bad as what they said it was going to be. Yeah. Thank God, you know, because we and because I, I did. I, when I when I first went to, we had to go for a, a, a briefing start, and it was a uh, was in a big room at Union Street, and they were showing you how to like basically how to wrap the bodies and what you're going to do. And I remember sitting there and it was a bit like the um, the first day of the film thinking, what the fuck am I doing here? Do you know what I mean? You know, I said, what have I, what have I signed myself up for? Um, but but luckily I had a, a work with the police. Um, they were absolutely lovely and other firefighters and we had a nice little team and we kept each other happy and going, do you know? So it, it, in the end it wasn't... And that was a year before the film? A year before the film. Right, okay. And amazing. Yeah. The jump from, from that yeah. 
doing that to, to that was... Um, where at the end fight, you know, he's just knocked me down, hit me full on. His reaction is so natural because he's like worried and, you know, like... Genuinely okay? worried. Yeah, 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 genuinely yeah, worried. Yeah. And he sits down and we have this hug. We have this like, what the hell is done? And I remember saying this to you and I, I you know, I, I said to, to, I think you said it and I said it and we just came together, we hugged and we just said, I said, Rick, we just, we did this for our dads. Like, you know, just off camera because no, the cameras are wide and we just said this together. And that was just, yeah. it, wasn't it? Yeah. That meant so yeah. much to me yeah. to say that. And, it, and I think we were just bawling in tears. It did. And it felt real. Do you know what I mean? Because I think we was tired. We was knackered. Relief. Yeah. Happy. Mm. So, I was sad because of that. And all the and time was, you guys put in, in the choreography oh, and, the, and the training. Yeah. And it was just, yeah, it was pr- really emotional. But really, just that moment yeah. of being like on our knees, his ribs are broke or hurting him. I'm battered. Like we got, okay, it's fake, but we got blood all over our face. We're like leaning into each other. We got these horse hair gloves, which were pretty oh, yeah, uncomfortable and, and hard. Yeah. We just lent in like, and it was just like such a special moment. Yeah, I remember looking at him, grabbing him it, and forget the film, forget the cameras. That moment was like as real as you can get. And it was fucking perfect. Never forget it, and it was, mate. Never forget that. No, never priceless. forget it, mate. Absolutely priceless. Honestly. But it translates to the film, like that, that embrace. Love you, it's, mate. Uh, so nice. Yeah. No, it is, mate. Like I say, just, I think I don't even, emotional was the word for it. I don't even think there is a word for it really, mate. Yeah. You know, it was the best experience of my life. The most, one of the most hardest, I would say that. Yeah. Getting in the, you know, getting in the fire brigade and doing that was fucking tough. This was as enjoyable as I must have loved it, but tough, man. Absolutely tough. So t- to do what I did, my little bit, where I got home, I used to get back from the night of filming, go, they, I think he would go out for dinner, and bits and bobs and go gallivanting. I'd go sit in a bath and, and die and just like, yeah. my ribs and I'm thinking, how does he do it? How does he do it? Well, we had people coming in, look. So it's people coming in, so I had to meet people. If, like, that's what I mean. They come in for two days. Yeah. You know, I have to go and see them, of course. And that's why you'll make it. And I know just no bullshit, but no matter what you decide to do, you will do. Because his mindset is, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. I've never, I've met a, a lot of successful people, a lot of driven people, but not like oh, Yeah. Man. And like that, it, when he phones me when he's doing that, that's not a beautiful like story, by the way. But um, when he's doing the films and he phones me, he's like, James, you know, I'm under all this stress. And, oh, you know what? I think it's not going to happen. Oh, he goes, oh, you know what? I think... Uh, you know, this, this act is not going to take the part or oh, I'm not going to get this. I'm like, Matt, I know you're getting everything. Like everything that you set out for, you are 100% getting. And I don't question it and I know it. Yeah. And that's why I respect him so much. Don't have any friends like that because I know, you know, we've got that work ethic. So that's it's it. just like, um, I just got full trust. I'm like, no, no, I know you're going to get that money in. I know you're going to get that act in because, but it's, you doubt it sometimes, which is great. Of course, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, but I, because I know that he won't stop. That's right. And he's yeah. not stopping in an arsehole way. He's not, not stopping in a nice, pleasant, matte way, yeah. the way that he operates. So, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I was, mate, what's like the, because um, that's quite a lot of fights you've had and like a very interesting life. Like, what's like the, you know, if I was to ask two questions, it'd be like, what's the highest point you've had in your life and what's like the lowest point you've had in your life? And outside of boxing? Yeah, yeah all together or, or with, with or without. Yeah. Um, so I'd say the highest point, if I'm honest with you, is the film, without a doubt. <laughs> Amazing. The, Very good. You know, and to share it with, and I was very lucky because I got me my. I remember just a quick story about my my Mrs. Shelley. Just I love you. Just to say, (laughs) Um, I remember she's so supportive. I missed so many things when I had to do the filming. I miss I missed uh, the her uncle Kev's funeral. Such a lovely man. 
I missed a couple of weddings. And no matter what I said I was doing and going away, she'd never once say to me, get the ump or, or she'd go, good luck, go and do it, wow. you know? So I was so lucky to, to have her. And I remember her coming up on set uh, one day in Stratford. And I remember just thinking with her there, it just felt great. Myself. I was having a great time anyway, but when she was with me yeah. and we was doing bits, and I thought this is this is so that was I think that's probably one of the greatest points so in nice. my life having, having there with and, and meeting everyone and being all together, um, and then going for this, the, the night, you know, the happiest time is, and then to to it's probably my dad, my dad dying, mate, yeah. my dad dying. Do you know what I mean? The lowest of me low, and I was drink and I I went a massive drink, and I was probably drinking like a like a terrible to say really, but like a bottle of gin. Sometimes a night. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I was in a bit, about a bit of a bad way. Why mate. gin? Because it just is a numb. It numbs, doesn't it? I, I, I think. I think I. I started drinking it in the pub with a couple of mates one time, and I thought, well, you know, I just it's easy to get a bottle of it, you know. Yeah. And I used to, and I used to, you know, used to, and it was a kick in the ass. I think I used to sit out in the garden. I used to play. I used to feel really sorry for myself because my dad had the loveliest garden. He still has. Well, not as nice as he used to, but it's still nice. You try and keep it nice. Yeah. <laughs> I can quick, imagine you well, trying to well, keep it well, nice. Do you know what? I don't want to go off tangent, but a quick story. So, so bless him. So he kept his grass like Wimbledon. His grass was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, his grass was beautiful. He had a sign saying, keep off the grass, everything. Um, only for Sunny and Willow's playtime. So my niece and nephew, a little shout out to them as well. I love them. So a little, yeah. And um, anyway, so he passed away and then it was like, right, loads of things on your head. I think it and how am I going to do this? You know, my mum, I've got my mum. You've got your pressures, you know. Dad was the man and a proper man. I didn't even know how to change a tyre on my car. True story, because my dad would do everything. Right. He, he was such a dad. He would go, yeah. I'll do that, I'll do that. And I'll go, lovely, sweet, dad's done that. Oh, shit, I ain't done that. And you just see him go, I've done it. And you think, oh. So one day, anyway, I remember uh, dad died and it was probably about four or five days after my dad died. And I've gone out in the garden, the grass is starting to get a bit long now. Because obviously he ain't cut it for a, obviously cut it for a few days. And uh, anyway, so he's got a fly mo. You know the old fly mos with the lead. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I've never cut in grass before. I don't know what I'm doing. He used to do lines like that, beautiful lines and everything. So I'm going up trying to do the lines. And what have I done? Fucking drove straight over the lead, and I <laughs> cut the lead in half. Oh shit! And no word of a lie. Bang! It went. It, it just stopped. Been about five, ten seconds, started raining. Oh no. Pissed down. And I just looked up and oh, I went, no. I know, I know, I should have left it alone. And it was like my dad was saying to me, <laughs> yeah. fucking leave me grass alone. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, did you get electric truck? I didn't, mate. I was okay, alright, yeah. I was lucky, I was alright, you yeah. know. But yeah, so lowest point is my dad dying, but then my dad, without me knowing it, picked me up because he was such a good man and wanted us to do well. When I was sat in the garden, I was sat in the garden drinking uh, gin. And I thought to myself, he won't want me doing this. What am I? Honestly, I thought to myself, what am I doing? What am I doing? You know, feeling like shit, feeling sorry for yourself, doing nothing with your life at the time because I was like, I didn't box anymore. You know, um, I just went to work, come back and just drank. And I did. And I just, I, I say, I'll just, I'll, I'll just pat, drinking. And the one thing he did say to me is, Rick, you've got to give back to the, got to give back to the boxing club, he said. He said, you've got to do that. So literally a few days later, I went back up to my amateur boxing club and signed on as an amateur coach. And that was it. And you still and do that, that now, yeah? Isn't it amazing? Like fitness pretty much. I mean, because you know when somebody says, right, let's get out of this slump, this depression or whatever, it's so easy for someone to say it when you're feeling good. Yeah. But when all of your genetics, when all of your hormones are making you feel like shit, 
it's hard to come out of it. Of course it is. And I would say the one consistent thing I've heard with everyone, like as we heard with the strongest woman in the world, she had a really awful, some really, really bad things happen. Yeah. And the way she got out of it was just went and started going to the gym. Yep. The way you got out of yours, start going to the gym. Fitness pretty much fixes everything. I, yeah. c- I can't, I can't, again, boxing or, f- or fitness. I say to my kids or, or people who are real uh, depression, and there is a lot of people out there, Movement, I call it movement is medicine, I say. Movement, we said that yesterday. Movement, movement is medicine. Movement, yeah, just move. yeah. movement is medicine. Yeah. Because not everyone can go into a gym and have the courage to go into a gym because it's yeah. very daunting for someone who's never been to a gym. Yeah. I said, movement, get off your ass. you know, even if you feel terrible and shit, go for a walk. Mm. Go for, just go down the park, go around the corner. Yeah. And then every day put some, put some music on, put your favourite music on or put a podcast on. And I think, and I say movement. Boardman podcast or? Oh, without a doubt, this one is number one. number one after I bid on it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is, don't it? Do the gym. I know oh, when I feel terrible and I don't care how tired I am, I'll go to the gym. And when that feeling when you walk out of the gym, when you're sweating yeah. and you go, yeah. how good do you feel? Yeah. yeah and like, you can give yourself any excuse. Like sometimes I'm like, actually, I'm too tired. Listen to your body, don't. And I felt a bit of shit a couple of nights ago. And because uh, I wasn't moving all day, yeah. and my, my mate Francois, who we had on, he said, "Just, just go to the gym. Every time you feel better, pretty much. It's yeah. like medicine. You do. Yeah. Movement really is do. medicine. That's such a good way to end. Yeah, I movement is movement medicine. Easy. Yeah. Rick, honestly, you know, you're a very, very dear friend. I love you to bits. We all love you." Yeah, that went quick. Um, that sure, hour and 10 did, minutes went yeah, quick. That's quick. what my missus normally says. <laughs> <laughs> not after an hour and 10 minutes. <laughs> Definitely not after <laughs> an hour and 10 minutes. 10 seconds. That's yeah. with a shower before and after and a bit of lunch. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, a great way to end. Ricky Chaplin, everyone. Thank you so much, man. Honestly, it's been a pleasure. I love Cheers, you so much. Boys. Cheers. Oh, mate, Cheers. what a legend. Cheers, Cheers Rick. Thank you. Like Cheers, and boys. subscribe. We're out. See you soon. <laughs>